For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject the Shema and the Unity of the Godhead. This is part four of the series. Now we look at Exodus chapter 15 verses 1 and 2 to understand that Yahweh is glorified when he redeemed his people from Egypt. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord and spake saying, I will sing unto the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously the horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. Verse 2. The Lord is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. He is my God. And it says in the King James, and I will prepare him a habitation. But here, where it's translated, I will prepare him a habitation, it's the Strong's number 5115, and it's the Hebrew word Navab, which means to beautify. So now, in the Art Scroll Sidor or Prayer Book on page 79, in referring to Exodus chapter 15, this is my God, and I will build him a sanctuary, that it explains that this can be rendered, I will beautify or glorify him. This understanding is picked up in the book, The Wisdom of the Hebrew Alphabet, on page 93. This is my God, and I will glorify him. Exodus chapter 15, verse 2. So, John chapter 12, verse 28. Father, glorify your name. Then there came a voice from heaven saying, I have glorified it. That's a reference back to Exodus chapter 15, verse 2. But, I will glorify it again. And that's the end of the exile. And when it is glorified again is Zechariah chapter 14, verse 9. In the Zohar, Numbers section 3, page 191b, it is explained that the song of Moses is the song of the Shekinah. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song of the Lord. Then there is song, the song of all sides. Yesher is what it says in the Hebrew, which means will sing. The tense suggests that this song fitted that occasion and will also fit the future redemption. That is the end of the exile of the 12 tribes of Israel when it will again be sung by Israel. Moses and the children of Israel will sing future this song. So the song of Moses is also called the song of the Shekinah. The Zohar goes on to explain the same is implied 
abide in the words, as in the days of your going out of the land of Egypt, will I show on him marvelous things. Micah chapter 7 verse 15. Moses and the children of Israel will then sing this song unto the Lord, the song of the Matrona to the Holy One, blessed be he, the Shekinah will sing this song to the Lord. Now there's a reference to this being sung in Revelation chapter 15 verse 3. So looking at Exodus chapter 15 verse 1, it says, Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song of the Lord, spake and sang, I will sing future. So we see the fulfillment of this in Revelation chapter 15 verse 3. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and they sing the song of the Lamb. And so where it's understood that this is the song of the Shekinah, here it's rendered the song of the Lamb because the Lamb who is Yeshua, he's the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, John chapter 1 verse 29. He is also the Shekinah or the glory of the Lord as we can see in Revelation chapter 21 verse 23. So the song of the Lamb is also a reference to the Lord's song that is mentioned in Psalm 137 verse 4. And so in Revelation 15 verse 3 where it says, and they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb. It's a reference to Psalm 137 verse 4 where it says, how shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? So what is the Lord's song? If we go back one verse to Psalm 137 verse 3, it is the song of Zion. Because our enemies who took us captive mocked us and they said unto us, sing us one of the songs of Zion. So the answer is, how shall we sing the song of Zion? How shall we sing the Lord's song? The song of Zion being the Lord's song in a strange land or in Babylon or in exile. So the song of Zion or the Lord's song or the song of the Lamb is the song that is sung with the end of the exile, the gathering, uniting of the 12 tribes of Israel. And that's when there's going to be a unification of the name, the yod Hey with the vav Hey, And we're going to see the fulfillment of Zechariah chapter 14, verse 9, which is the whole sum of the Torah is the revelation of the holy name and thus the fulfillment of the Shema. Israel is exiled so that Yeshua may be glorified. Isaiah chapter 44 verse 23. Sing, O you heavens, for the Lord has done it. Shout, you lower parts of the earth. Break forth into singing, you mountains, O forest, and every tree therein. For the Lord has redeemed Jacob and glorified himself in Israel. Isaiah chapter 49 verse 3. And he said unto me, You are my servant, O Israel, in whom I will be glorified. Yeshua returns when the exiles of Israel are gathered. Psalm 102 verse 13 and verse 16. You will arise and have mercy upon Zion for the time to favor her. Yea, the set time is come. When the Lord builds up Zion, he will appear in his glory. So there's a time to favor Zion. And when the Lord builds up Zion, that is when he's going to appear in his glory. And the glory is rendered in the Jewish sources as being the Shekinah. When he builds up Zion, he will appear in the form of the Shekinah, the glory of the Lord, which is also the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. So in understanding what does it mean to build up Zion, because that's when he will appear in his glory, we cross-reference this to Psalm 140. 
47 in verse 2, which says, The Lord builds up Jerusalem. Jerusalem and Zion are synonymous terms. The building up of Zion is the same as building up of Jerusalem. And what is that? He gathers together the outcasts of Israel. And so what's going to be the situation or condition when he gathers the outcasts of Israel? Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 17. For I will restore health unto you, and I will heal you of your wounds, says the Lord, because they called you an outcast, saying, This is Zion, which no man seeks after. It is the role and the task and the function of the Messiah to gather and unite the exiles of Israel. From the Sinchino, Midrash Rabbah, volume 2, page 957, it is written, What purpose will the royal Messiah come, and what will he do? He will come to assemble or gather the exiles of Israel. And so in the Torah, in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 1 through 5, is the promise of the gathering and uniting of the exiles of Israel by the Messiah. Verse 1, it will come to pass when all these things are come upon you, the blessing and the curse, which I've set before you, and you shall call them to mind among all the nations where the Lord your God has driven you, that you will return unto the Lord your God, shall obey his voice according to all that I command you this day, you and your children with all your heart, with all your soul, that then the Lord your God will turn your captivity, have compassion upon you, and will return and gather you from all the nations where the Lord your God has scattered you. And if any of you be driven out under the outermost parts of heaven, from there will the Lord your God gather you, and from there will he fetch you. And the Lord your God will bring you into the land which your fathers possessed, and you will possess it, and he will do you good and multiply you above your fathers. In the book, I Await His Coming Every Day by Rabbi Menachem Schneerson on page 14, he explains how it is the role and the task and function of the Messiah to gather and unite the 12 tribes of Israel. So in this book, he's quoting or he's making a reference to Mishnah Torah, which is a work by Moses Maimonides. And in the section on the laws of the kings, chapter 11, and then section 1 of chapter 11, it states, In future time, the King Messiah will arise and renew the Davidic dynasty, restoring it to its initial sovereignty. He will rebuild the temple and gather in the dispersed remnant of Israel. And he goes on to say that whoever does not believe in him or does not await his coming denies not only the statements of the prophets, but also those of the Torah and of Moses, our teacher. For the Torah attests to his coming, stating, and then it quotes from Deuteronomy chapter 30, which we just read from, that the Lord your God will bring back your captivity, have compassion upon you, he'll return and gather you from among the nations, and even if your dispersed ones are in the furthest reaches of the heavens, from there he will gather you, and God will bring you to the land. And then these words are said, these explicit words of the Torah, that is Deuteronomy chapter 30, beginning in verses 1 through 5, include all or summarizes all that was said on the subject, that is the role of the Messiah to gather and unite the 12 tribes of Israel by all the prophets. And then in section 4 of chapter 11, the laws of the kings, which mentions the expectations for the coming of the Messiah, as explained by Moses Maimonides. But in the book, I await his coming every day by Rabbi Menachem Schneerson on page 18, he explains, if a king will arise from the house of David, if he does these various things, and including them, if he will gather 
gather in the dispersed remnant of Israel, he is definitely the Messiah. It's the role and the task and the function of the Messiah to gather and unite the 12 tribes of Israel. And so then in John chapter 9, the Pharisees ask Yeshua, are we blind? John chapter 10, Yeshua is giving an explanation to them. John chapter 10, verse 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. Then he says in verse 16 that he has other sheep that are not this fold. So he was speaking to the Pharisees who are the southern kingdom, who are the house of Judah, the Jewish people. And he says he has another sheepfold. This other sheepfold would be the northern kingdom. It would be the house of Joseph. It would be the 10 tribes. It would be Ephraim. And Yeshua says, them I must bring and they will hear my voice and there will be one fold and one shepherd. And then this understanding is repeated that two sheepfolds will become one. Of course, the one shepherd that will be over them, Yeshua said is himself. That it goes on to say in John chapter 10 verse 17, therefore does my father love me because I lay down my life. In other words, Yeshua is dying for the ultimate purpose of gathering and uniting the 12 tribes of Israel. So this thought is repeated in John chapter 11 verses 51 and 52, where there it refers to Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year, that he spoke not of himself, and this spake he not of himself, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Yeshua would die for that nation. So Caiaphas prophesied that Yeshua would die for who? The Jewish people or the house of Judah, the southern kingdom. But then it says in John 11 verse 52, and not for that nation only, not just for the southern kingdom or the house of Judah, but that he would gather together in one the children of God scattered abroad. So Yeshua died for two nations who are the children of God, who are scattered abroad, and who are to become one. Yeshua died for the purpose of gathering and uniting the 12 tribes of Israel. And so now it is explained that the Shekinah is one with Israel. And he took up his parable, Numbers chapter 24, verse 3. When Balaam saw how Israel observed the unimportant commandments, he thought, who can curse these people who observe his commandments with whom his name is associated as it says, the Lord his God is with him. Numbers chapter 23, verse 21. He who curses them is like one who curses the Shekinah itself. For his name is merged with theirs. The Shekinah, his name is merged with Israel. The Shekinah is one with Israel. His name is merged with theirs. Yeshua prayed for the ingathering of the exiles of Israel. John chapter 17, verse 21. That they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be one in us. That the world would believe that you have sent me. I in them, you in me, that they may be perfect in one, and that the world may know that you sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. So Yeshua prayed that they may be one, as you, Father, are in me, I in you, that they may be one in us, that his name is merged with Israel. Yeshua and Israel are glorified together, since his name is in them. John 17, verse 22, and 
the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. Now, from the Zohar to Leviticus, section 3, page 77a, when the Shekinah is restored to its place, that is when we have the reunification of the name, and the name of the Lord will be one. When his people are no longer in exile, that is when the Shekinah comes out of exile, is restored to its place, that's when we have the unification of the name. That's when the yod Hey is linked with the vav Hey, And then we have the fulfillment of Zechariah chapter 14, verse 9. In time to come, God will restore the Shekinah to its place. And there will be a complete union as it is written. On that day, the Lord will be one and his name one. Now from the Sanchino Zohar to Exodus section 2, page 161b, the whole faith of the Torah is knowing that Yahweh is Elohim. The only aim and object of the Holy One in sending man into this world is that he may know and understand that Yahweh is Elohim. Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 39. This is the sum of the whole mystery of the faith of the entire Torah. This knowledge that Yahweh is one with Elohim is indeed the synthesis or the summary of the whole Torah. The Torah being the revelation of the mystery of the divine or the holy name. Therefore, the fulfillment of all these things, the fulfillment of the Shema, which is Zechariah chapter 14, verse 9, the fulfillment that you may know that Yahweh is Elohim, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 39, is the revealing and the understanding that Yeshua is yod heh vav And that is associated with the end of the exile, the unification of the 12 tribes of Israel, Yeshua setting his feet down on the Mount of Olives, and him setting up his kingdom. So, in this study, we have looked at the Shema and the unity of the Godhead. And we see from the Jewish sources that it is understood that the Shema speaks of a unity of the Godhead. The Shema speaks of a compound unity, that Yahweh is a unity. And the attributes of one part of the unity is in the attributes of the other parts of the unity. And so we showed you examples from the New Testament, how this principle and how this concept is so. And then we showed you examples from the Hebrew grammar that espouses on this understanding of a unity in the Godhead, that it refers to one Yahweh speaking to another Yahweh, but yet they are a chad, they are a unity. And then we shared with you that the entire Torah is about coming to the place of understanding from Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 39 that Yahweh is Elohim. And that as long as the nation of Israel has broken the covenant and they are in exile, that the Shekinah has went in exile as well. And in exile, there is a lack of a realization and understanding and affirmation of the oneness of the name of the God of Israel. In essence, it's explained this way, that the yod is separated from the vav But when we have the end of the exile, the Shekinah will no longer be in exile. The Shekinah will return and the Shekinah's name is merged with Israel. The application is 
is Yeshua's name is one with his people. And so when Messiah comes and when he gathers and unites the 12 tribes of Israel, when he ends the exile, then we will see the unification of the name yod Hey vav Hey, and we will see the prophetic fulfillment of the Shema that Israel in the world will know and understand the Shema. We'll know, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 39, that Yahweh is Elohim in the verse that summarizes this place and this understanding and realization is Zechariah chapter 14, verse 9. In the context of Zechariah chapter 14, verse 9, is that in the day of the Lord, the nations will divide the land of Israel and the city of Jerusalem. That's Zechariah chapter 14, verses 1 and 2. In verse 3, the Lord, Yahweh, will fight against the nations as he fought in the day of battle. The day of battle is a reference to when Pharaoh and his army drowned in the Red Sea in Exodus chapter 15, verses 1 and 2. And that is when in time past, Yahweh's name was glorified. That foreshadows in the future that when we have the end of the exile and the defeat of the beast and the beast system in Revelation chapter 13, his name again will be glorified. And so then he sets his feet down on the Mount of Olives in Zechariah chapter 14, verse 4. And the one who is Yahweh that sets his feet down on the Mount of Olives, which is Yeshua, as we were told, and as was explained in Acts chapter 1, verses 9 through 12, when following Yeshua's resurrection, he ascended to be with his father from the Mount of Olives, and the angel there said that he will return in like manner, that it's in this context we have Zechariah chapter 14 and verse 9, which states, And Yahweh, the Lord, will be king over all the earth. In that day shall there be one Yahweh and his name one. So that verse is the climax or the epic verse of all the Torah. And so the prophetic fulfillment of the Shema, the understanding of the Shema, knowing and comprehending it, as well as knowing and comprehending Deuteronomy chapter 4 in verse 39, that Yahweh is Elohim. It all comes to the climax with the fulfillment of Zechariah chapter 14 verse 9, that in that day the Lord will be one, his name one, and he will be king over all the earth. And the fulfillment of this is Yeshua being revealed to his people, being revealed to Israel in the world as the Messiah. And this comes about through his task to gather and unite the 12 tribes of Israel. So then he will be seen as being one. The whole world will know that he is Yahweh. Then every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 11, which is a quote or a reference to the Elenu prayer, as in the Elenu prayer, there's a reference to the same in Isaiah chapter 45, verse 23. And the celebration of this is Messiah setting up his kingdom, Israel no longer being in exile, and them ruling over the nations, and the Torah being followed and taught to all nations, as we're told in Isaiah chapter 2 and verse 3. So this is how we understand the connection and association of the Shema to the unity of the Godhead and the fulfillment of the Shema to Zechariah chapter 14 verse 9 as is fulfilled in the revelation of Yeshua the Messiah.
Messiah being Yahweh. So remember always these words in John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments or follow his Torah. Well, that's going to conclude part four of the series on the subject, the Shema and the unity of the Godhead. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.